Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. So we're talking about the power of expectation. Now, some of the most uh, exciting periods of our lives are times of anticipation. Uh, These were times of great excitement, eagerness, and exhilaration. Uh, Maybe the first time that you were getting prepared to go to uh, a prom. Matter of fact, I saw some beautiful pictures of you, uh, Erica, uh, when you was going. So, you know, you get excited about those things. Or or maybe it was a time uh, uh, when you got ready to go get your driver's license, right, for the first time. You were excited about it. You were exhilarated. Now, you know, your parents would be able to give you the keys to the Cadillac, and you can go out and do some things. Amen? Praise God. And so that was pretty exciting, right? Or maybe it was the excitement of the night before you got married and you was excited about what was about to take place, that your life was about to change, that things were getting ready to happen, and, and uh, it was, you were scared and excited all at the same time. But there was a lot of emotions going on, and you were exhilarated, but there was a level of expectation that you had prior to the event taking place. Or maybe it was a time when you graduated high school. You were so excited that you didn't have to go to class anymore, not knowing that you're going to have to go to class in college. So, so you was excited that you was, <laughs> praise God, <laughs> let me just keep going, right? But you was excited that, man, and high school is over, and I'm an adult now, not really, but, so, but you was excited about what was about to take place. Or even as if you just witnessed elder, excited about getting a master's degree and continued education or your PhD or whatever it is that you've done, you know, you felt excited about that because there was an expectation that you had that was going to happen in your life because now you're bettering yourself so that it would put you in places that you would not have ordinarily been in because you were willing to put in the time and the effort and the pain and the tears to get there so now you are excited about it because you know it's going to happen in your future exactly like you thought it would or maybe so you get excited about these things saints of God and see I have an anticipation in my life let me tell you something I have an anticipation that God's blessings are going to flow in my life how about you See, see, I have an anticipation that he's going to use me to do great things for his name's sake how about you uh-huh. I have an anticipation that not only are the gifts of the Spirit going to flow through those of old and those who are here today, but the gifts of the Spirit are going to flow through me. How about you? Uh, see, I have an anticipation that the miracles, the signs, and the wonders can flow through me and flow through this church. How about you? See, I have an anticipation that no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper. How about you? See, I have an anticipation that God, those he foreknew, he also predestined to become the sons of God. I have an anticipation that God has my destiny sealed up in his will. How about you? See, I got that great anticipation that God can use a little old busted, broke down fellow like me that was not even supposed to succeed. I wasn't even supposed to be a pastor of a church. I didn't matriculate to the right college. I didn't come up through the right ranks of all of the different denominations. But yet I have an anticipation that God can use me to bless other people. How about you? See, I have an anticipation. Why? Because I have an expectation that God can use me to do great things for his name's sake. How about you? Somebody shout now. Now is the time that all Christians must take a bold stand for righteousness and holiness. 
Let me say that one more time. Because what you see in this world today, you don't see a whole lot of them taking a bold stand. As a matter of fact, you see a lot of them capitulating. But now is the time for the church to take a bold stand for righteousness and holiness. Somebody shout now. See, now is the time that it, you don't have to have a title on your name to know God can use you to do great things. Somebody shout now. Now is the time for Christians to arise and shine. For your light has come. This is Psalms over there, and I'm sorry, this is Isaiah 60. Y'all know, rise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now, let me take it a little step further. And it, then it goes on to say, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. Somebody shout now. And see, see, but, it, but what you have to do, you have to go up in your mentality first to raise your level of spiritual vitality. He said, arise and shine. You can't shine until you go up. And notice he said, arise and shine for your light has come. Somebody said, he's talking about me now. For your light, church, has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You don't have to have thousands of people in your church for the glory of the Lord to rise upon you. You can be one individual talking to one more individual, and God can use you to bring that person to the Lord. Somebody shout now. For the Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Somebody shout now. Now is the time for us to get up out of our seats and begin to take a bold stand for his name's sake. Somebody said, praise God in here. Somebody shout now. Now. This is Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, now faith is, not was, not might be, not kind of, or sort of. It says, now, somebody shout now. now. Faith is the substance or the realization for the things hoped for, for the evidence or the confidence of things not seen. That's a powerful scripture right there. Now, what you got to understand is the word expectation and the word hope are the same Greek word. It's the Greek word elpizo, from the root word elpis, meaning hope, expectation, trust, and confidence. So, okay, so let's, let's say that again. Now faith is the substance of things you expect. The substance of things that you have confidence is going to happen or you trust that is going to happen. Faith is not blind. I've never had blind faith. I know in whom I believe because I have objective faith. And the object is Jesus Christ. Now faith is the substance of things that I'm expecting. If you're not expecting anything, you won't need any faith. Let me look down my glasses like my grandpa. 
Are you here with me today? Let me give you two powerful principles. The first principle is this. Faith and expectation are not necessarily the same thing. Faith and hope is, but not faith and expectation. I mean, uh, expectation and hope is, but not faith and expectation. Let me tell you why. You can have faith but not expect anything. Well, as a matter of fact, there's a lot of Christians like that today. They got faith. They read the word, too. But just because you read the word and you say you have faith doesn't mean that you're expecting anything. Let, let, me, let me give you some comments on how people like that believe. They say words like this. Hey, um, you, did, 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 that, did that blessing happen for you? Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to go out and get the job for you. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand that you wanted me to pray for you to get a job. But you are, your expectation is God is going to come down, put your little nasty flesh on, walk to the place to do the interview, do well in the interview, actually get the job, come back, take your little nasty flesh off, go back to heaven, then you can just walk right on in on Monday and have a job. It does not work that way. <laughs> they claim they have faith, but there's no expectation because expectations mean you got to do something. There is a scripture that says, Apostle Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a, a child, I understood as a child, and I spake as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Notice, notice, Apostle Paul said, when I became a man. He said, first, when, he said, when I was a child, I did those things as a child, as a child. but then the second when says, when I was a man. And what Christians have to do is catch a second when. See, see, because a lot of people are still thinking like a child, talking like a child, acting like a child in the church. But when you became a man, notice what, what Apostle Paul says. When I became a man, I put away childish things because God ain't going to put away what you keep putting up with. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. I'll tell you that right now. And you don't have to give me an amen. It's true anyway. See, a lot of people, they're still waiting on God to put something away. No, God said you put it away. See, God is not going to take away what we should be putting away. I'm just waiting for God to take away this sin. No, he ain't, ain't going to just take it away. No, he don't work that way. You're going to have to put something away. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to change the way you think, the way you act, the way you dress. Something's got to change. Or you can just say a prayer and you can still be sinful. But Pastor, I just, I just need you to pray for me. I just got these demons all on me. Why are they all over you? What is it about your life that attracts so many demons in the first place? Because my Bible says that all we have to do is flip the light on with no word, no light. And you will be groping in darkness without the word of God. I'm telling you what I know, saints. I wish there was some easy, clean cut way to do this, but it's not. Without word, you will grope in darkness because the word is light. All right, let me give you the second principle here. I hope you're learning something so far. Second principle is this, what you expect, you attract. Let me let that sink in for a second. <laughs> what you expect, you attract. So let me give you the definition uh, by the Webster's standard of expectation, and then we're going to talk about that one for a second. Expect, to expect something is to believe with confidence or think it likely that an event will happen in the future. That's what you expect. Expect means to wait for or look forward to something that is believed to be going to happen or arrive. 
That's expecting something. The last one. To expect means to demand or, check this out, to demand or anticipate receiving something because of a perceived right to it or because it is due or appropriate. That's in the Webster's Dictionary. That ain't even in the Bible, but that, that's a quote from the Bible. Oh, y'all looking at me like a deer in the headlights now. All right, I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it to you. But before I show you that, let me show you this poem. I don't know who the author is, but I, I thought it was uh, valid for this message. It says, attract what you expect, reflect what you desire, become what you respect, mirror what you admire. Isn't that good? I'll give you a chance to take a picture of that. Right? Post that out on Facebook. You can put my name on it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am not that smart. So, so yeah, we, I have no idea who the author is of this, and you can hashtag that C3 power of ex expectation. Amen? And so, so is it that powerful, though? Expect what you attract, what you expect? Because you know what? And that's what I mean when, when I came up with that second point is about you, you do. Whatever you, whatever you expect, that's what you attract. Let, let me case in point. If you always expect to be broke, then, then that's what you're going to be. You're going to attract broke people around you, always talking, poor living. And you know, as soon as you want to do something greater than what, where you are today, I don't know if you need to do that. You know, Momo and them tried that last year, and that didn't work with Momo. Well, I ain't Momo. And that's why Momo broke and poor living. Now, hello, somebody. You, you can't get out of the ghetto or out of the trailer park thinking like a trailer park or a ghetto person. See, I came out of the hood myself, but I couldn't come out of the hood and stay out of the hood until I transformed my mind. Now, that's what happens with a lot of my friends. They play ball. One of my good friends, he played for the Dallas Cowboys for, for a couple of years, but we never could get him out of the hood. Every time the offseason, he was back in the hood with us, and we knew it wasn't going to be long. Then he got locked up. You, uh-huh. Grew up with him. He didn't last long in the league. Why? Because he never got that hood mentality out. Even though they gave him a million-dollar contract, he still had a hood ratchet mentality. And it took him right back to the hood, and he got locked up. Amen? Okay, so what you expect, you attract. Let me give you this one right here. I thought this was very powerful. Write this down. Don't lower your expectations to meet your performance. Raise your level of performance to meet your expectations. Oh, glory to God. Expect the best of yourself and then do what is necessary. Let me repeat that again. Do what is necessary to make it a reality. Let me tell you something. God is not going to do for you what you should be doing for yourself. I am so sick of people putting everything on God and won't do nothing. I'm just waiting on God to start that ministry. I'm just waiting on God to give me the check. I'm just waiting on God to open that door. Why don't you open the door yourself? Don't you have two hands and two feet? And why would God open the door that you ain't moving anyway? And if you're not moving, listen, you don't need a steering wheel when the car is standing still. You only need a steering wheel when you're moving, son, going somewhere. Yes. And God says, I'll steer you, but you ain't going nowhere. Oh, boy, you see it got real quiet in here then. I must be on something right there. Is that you? 
Are you sitting still waiting for God to do something that you should be doing? Is that you? If it is, then make a change. Start doing something. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what the Lord wants me to do. You know, I don't want to be out of place with God. I'm just trying to stay in his will. You lying rascal. You ain't trying to stay in his will. You just don't want to do nothing. People all around the world need help. You can do something. You can start with your own family. How about calling that brother, that sister up that you're mad at? Oh, 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 boy, wait a minute, Pastor. Now, you're all up in my grits now, right? <laughs> Whoa, hold on, Pastor. Can we get back to expectation? <laughs> I am. I'm talking about expectation. See, see, you're expecting God to do something while you stay the same. Okay, let me get this right. You're expecting God to change, but you remain the same. Okay, I, I felt it. I'm going to keep moving. <laughs> I'm going to keep moving. Okay, let's go to Mark chapter 11. I got to read something. Remember I told you I was going to show you in the Bible about this, this expectation and attraction, right? Mark chapter, chapter 11. Let me show you something. Mark chapter 11. We're going to start reading uh, verse 20. I'm going to start reading while you turn there. Most of you know this scripture, but I want to break it down for you. Somebody shout now. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Of course, the day before, Jesus cursed the fig tree, but nothing happened uh, as they saw it. Because a lot of times when the word of the Lord is spoken in the natural, you don't see anything. So what they saw was in the natural, not understanding that underneath what they saw, the roots were drying up. See, uh, there's a lot of Christians who look good on the surface, but underneath they have no roots. See, uh, see, your roots got to not only go out, they need to go down deep because you got to go deep. And the only reason that the roots can go deep is when you start digging deeper into the word of God. And see, the tree is what you see on the outside with the natural eye, but the roots you don't see. And roots grow in dirt. You see the tree and may not understand, well, what is the foundation of the tree? Well, the tree can only be as strong as the roots go deeper into the dirt. So the deeper the dirt, the stronger the tree that you see. A lot of Christians say, I don't want to have to go through anything. I just want people to see that I look good. But then when the winds blow, you won't hold off because it have no roots. And your roots grow when you go through hell in your life. Why? Because a rubber band is only useful when you stretch it. Now, I thought you were the one that just said you want to go to another level. (laughs) Then you're going to have to go through some dirt. Because another level means you got to go deeper so he can build your tree higher. Okay, I work in Uptown. Let me give you a case in point. I work in Uptown, and they're always building stuff in Uptown, right? So for months, all you hear is explosion. Boom! The whole building. I'm looking up because I'm looking for airplanes. So... (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. I ain't lying. I, I said, yeah. So, so I, we, and they try to warn us, but we're never ready for it. The whole building's shaking. Boom. I said, okay. So you know what they're doing, right? They got to break up that hard ground. Yeah. See, you don't see anything for months. You just hear them working. Right. They're digging and they're exploding the dirt. You, what are they building? The foundation. Because they know in order to build a tall building, they got to go deep to build a strong foundation. Too many of us want the platform without being reformed. 
See, you, you, you see people out there doing it, and you think you can do it, but you only had a root system for it. And if God gave it to you, you will fail and you will fall into sin because you have no root. Boy, that blessed me right now. See, so, so that changed my prayer life. I say, God, don't put me anywhere I'm not prepared for. Build my roots, Lord. Come on, somebody lift your hands and say, build my roots, Lord. Now, you better understand something, though. To build your roots, you got to go through dirt. It might be something dirty you might have to go through. But I'm saying, once you get on the other side, you're guaranteed to have your faith increased. Amen? So let me take Sister Kim, case in point here. So, so I, I can imagine in my mind on that... that <laughs> <laughs> on that zip line, right? Now, I, I happen to like to zip line. And I, you know, we, we do it. So when you've done it, you still have some apprehension. Yeah. A little bit, right? Because when you look down, it's, it's a long way. And, and the, 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 the fall is not going to kill you. It's that sudden stop. <laughs> some of y'all get that driving home today. I know I went right over your head. It ain't the fall that kills you. It's that sudden stop. It's just, <laughs> So... <laughs> so when you hold it on, all you got is this little thing around you, and you strapped to the zip line. And here's the deal. Once you push off, you commit it. That's the hard, it's the, isn't that the hard part? It's, 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 it's kicking off. Because you know once you kick off, there ain't no coming back. Right? Because once you're off, it, you, you, gotta, you, you don't stop till you get to the other side. Right? You, you just holding on and screaming. <laughs> Amen? Right? With your eyes closed. <laughs> so so here, here's what I'm trying to get to here. This is where a lot of Christians are right here. And they saying, God, I'm waiting for you to do something. God said, no, push off. No, wait, hold on, Lord. hold on, hold on, hold on. You and I had a conversation last night. You said you was going to increase my faith. So I need you to increase my faith so I can jump off. God said, no, you jump off, I'll increase your faith. So we're here, and you got other Christians behind saying, go! (laughs) 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 To covenant. (laughs) So, (laughs) but what they won't tell you is, they're just as scared as the person Come on, all of us in the church, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just as scared as anybody else, right? That's, if we weren't, why would we need faith? If you just, you just, you don't need any faith for that, right? There's no, there's no faith required. But, but when you hear and you know, okay, okay, God, Right? <laughs> Sometimes you might have to be like Sister Kim and you say, will you just push me? (laughs) The sinner's prayer, Lord, I just want my soul to be right. (laughs) If I die before I wake. (laughs) Amen. And so sometimes you have to have somebody to push you. That's your pastor. Your pastor is here to push you off 
because I can see that your faith won't increase until you free fall. None of that was a part of my message. Still works, though, right? Now, thank you, Jesus. So since he's still downloading, I'm going to keep talking. Now that you're committed, now your expectation changes. Because now you're expecting to get to the other side. (laughs) See, before you jump off, you have a different expectation. Your expectation before you jump off is, I need to get off of this thing. Because I'm expecting to wait for everybody else when they go down. Right? But once you're out there, your whole expectation. See, saints of God, once you just step out on God, your whole expectation changes. Why? Because you can look back and go, man, look what I just did. And your faith increases because you just overcame your fear. Fear is the one thing that'll keep you from your expectation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Can somebody say amen? amen. Please give Sister Kim a hand. I, uh, I hope I didn't embarrass her, but I just thought that was a good example because there might have to be a part two on this. I wasn't looking forward to that, but it might be a part two. So, so, so check this out. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. This is where we started, right? And then y'all started asking questions, and I had to stop. So Mark chapter 11, verse 20 says, now in the morning as they passed by and saw the fig tree. Yeah, that's why I got messed up on the fig tree, dried up from its roots, from its roots. The roots were dried up, but they still saw the tree because Peter said, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. Now, this was the next day. So it took some time for it to happen. Verse 22 says, um, for so Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. This, this is critical. Bless you. This is critical because this is where everything after this verse originates in having faith in God. So if you don't have faith in God, everything I'm about to read is not yours. Verse 23, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. In other words, have an expectation that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he expects. Because you're not going to say something you're not expecting. At least you shouldn't be. But by your words, you're going to be condemned. And by your words, you're going to be justified. Whatever you speak is going to come to pass. Words have power. If you suffer from low self-esteem and every time you look in the mirror, you say negative things about yourself, you're always going to think negative. And you're going to be depressed. That's why depression is so evil, so pernicious, because depression will make you see yourself as ugly. It will make you see yourself as valueless, unworthy, as a piece of junk. Why you know that? Well, you can know that because of the words you say to yourself. I'll never amount to anything. And you won't. If you allow the words of other people to determine your destiny, you're in trouble. And I'm not talking about just negative words. I don't even let prophecies that I get determine my future. I don't put my trust in prophecies. I put my trust in God. 
Just put your trust in God. Now, you might get some good words from me, but don't put your trust in my word. Put your trust in God. Because God is the only one that's going to confirm the word that you get. I'm trying to help you now because a lot of people have gotten hurt from people prophesying. These, these, these so-called self-proclaimed prophets that gave themselves a title. Can't untie two scriptures and they call themselves a, a chief apostle and chief prophet. Because I'll lay it down on I want to talk about doctrine. And if you all of that, let's talk about doctrine. Well, Pastor, can we, can we talk about faith without faith? Faith, faith, we're going to talk about some faith. No, I won't talk about no faith. I want to talk about what do you know about the Holy Spirit? Well, I heard this message from T.D. Jakes, and that lets me know how shallow you are. Because your whole life is built on somebody else's preaching. You have none for your own. Now, I ain't knocking Bishop Jakes because Bishop Jakes will give you a word that'll tell you up, I'm telling you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that's his word he's giving. What about the words that you're getting from God? See, if you're always getting words from somebody else, then you'll be... You <laughs> See, if you, I can give you a word and you can say, mm, uh, you know what, Pastor, that sounds good, but you know what, that ain't for me. But when God gives you a word, there's no wiggle room. That's why a lot of people want the words from men. Because, see, they can wiggle out of that one and say, Pastor, I know that wasn't for me. That was for that person right over there. <laughs> you notice how they skirt all the way around that, right? Yeah, I know that. That's, that ain't for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not arrogant. I'm not selfish. <laughs> yeah, let me ask your wife. Oh, boy, I just went right on in the house, boy. <laughs> I slipped right on up in there. Because we always say the, the worth of a man can be found in the countenance of his wife's face. You can tell. Come on, saints. Let me just stop for a second here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Y'all can talk to her. I'm, I'm your homeboy. All right? I'm your boy, right? You can talk to me. I'm your boy. You know when you was in a church and you know the pastor and his wife wasn't kicking it. You saw it. You could, let, me, let me show you. Let me show you. All y'all might not see this. She's sitting there like this. And you watching. She, everybody else. She, and then that rascal get up. Yeah, me and my wife, we just so in love. And you sitting there like, bro, you better get that dookie off of your shoe. That dong. Y'all know y'all got to go listen to that message about the dong gate to know what I'm talking about. You, you, you come in church slipping on it because it's on the floor. I, I know, I know y'all didn't want that one today. Y'all got to go back and listen to the message about the dome gate, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Three powerful points I'm going to make. I'm going to finish this one up. I'm going to finish this up. I'm going to finish it up. Three powerful points I want to make about expectation. First, you got to wait in expectancy. See, when we start talking about you can have what you say, that may not be immediately. So you have to wait with expectancy. Hello, somebody. Because... In the waiting period, that's the incubator that God uses to increase your faith. Though the vision tarry, for it shall surely come. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, now a lot of people think that that word wait means to sit back and just, just wait. I'm just wait. What are you waiting on? I'm just waiting on the Lord. The Bible says they that wait on the Lord. So I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. What you waiting for? I'm waiting on the Lord. 
waiting on the Lord. I just told you I was waiting on the Lord. What you praying for? I'm praying for God to make me stop waiting. <laughs> well, don't you, don't, you, don't you need a job? I'm, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on my job. I just read in the book of job that there's jobs in there. I'm waiting on my job. Waiting on my job. My job is going to come real soon, too. That was just too real for a lot of y'all. I'm not saying that that was me. I'm just saying it might. <laughs> See, I can relate to a lot of peoples. <laughs> right? I've had people like that. They're just, they just sitting around just waiting. They're just waiting. Waiting to be waiting. Right? We got Christians like that now. They're just waiting to be waiting. A lot of Christians are waiting for me to do something. I'm not doing it. I'm just telling you right now, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. Now, if God told you about it, then he wants you to do it. So you know what you need to do? Step off. Because once you step off, that changes your expectation. Let me tell you why. Because now you have to be committed to it because your name is on it and not mine. And if it fails, you can't say, well, Pastor John just didn't do it right. No, bro. Uh-uh. I gave this to you. Your name is on it. Oh, y'all like hearing that, do you? Well, Pastor, I've always been in a church that uh, it was a vision of the house, and I had to follow the vision of the house because the man of God always got the vision. He got to follow the vision. If my vision don't line up with his vision, there's something wrong with my vision. I have a vision. You know what my vision is? To help you fulfill yours. I haven't asked anybody ever in this church to help me fulfill my vision. Not once. I don't need you to help me fulfill my vision. God is going to do that. Hello. I know, I know this is foreign to a lot of people because you've been churched. And maybe because I, I'm not a church boy. I'm a realist. When you put that much faith in other people, you're not going to ever fulfill what God wants you to do. Because people, listen to me close. Please don't ever forget what I'm about to share with you. I'm, I'm 50 years old right now. So, so praise the Lord I made it. And thank God I made it to 50 because it was, it was suspect. Just ask my mama. My mama tell you it was suspect. She didn't think I was going to make it. Always remember this. Everybody who starts with you ain't going to finish with you. Got some word on the pastor? I do. Over there in 1 John, it says, They came out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. For if they were of us, no doubt, they would have continued with you. Everybody who starts with you may not end with you. And that's okay. Some people are branches and some of them are leaves. They're going to fall. <laughs> Amen? You got that? So sometimes we have to wait with expectancy. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. They that wait on the Lord. Let me tell you, the word wait is not to sit back and wait. The word wait is like a waiter who waits on a table. That, that, that means they that serve the Lord. So while it's something about while you're serving the Lord, you shall renew your strength. So they that serve the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. Why? Because you're not allowing your fear to keep you from stepping off in faith. And you say, no, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve, devil. You're not going to stop me from serving. Fear is not going to stop me from serving. Failure is not going to stop me from serving. You got to wait with expectancy. I got some. I got some. Check this out. Let me. This, this, one, this one is mine. Waiting does not mean doing nothing. It means exercising your faith until you see a manifestation of what you've expected. Oh, boy, that's deep right there. Somebody say, that's deep. No, nah, it ain't that deep. It's just, it's just listen. It, it, no, it ain't. It's just, it's, just, it's just Bible. I just took what's in the Bible, and I made it plain. Waiting doesn't mean don't do anything. I'm just sitting back. I'm, I'm just waiting. No, no, it doesn't mean that. It means exercising your faith. Well, how many of you guys in here exercise? Just started, praise the Lord. How many of you used to exercise? <laughs> right? So listen, 
Let me give you a natural example of a spiritual reality here. Muscles don't grow without resistance. You want bigger muscles, you got to add more weight. Some people think this is the weight. Your mindset is wrong because you got the wrong weights. This weight says, I don't want resistance. But without resistance, you can't exercise your faith. Okay, let me break it down a little bit deeper then, because y'all looking at me with the deer in the headlights. Why would you, riddle me this, Batman, why would you need faith doing nothing? You don't need any faith for that. Well, you're doing nothing. You only need faith when you're moving. If you go back and look at all of the people Jesus chose, they were busy doing something when he called them. Not one of them was sitting back waiting. Follow me. Okay, Jesus. They were busy doing stuff. He said, drop your nets and follow me. They were working. Jesus, I can use somebody at work. And you ain't willing to work. You know what the Bible say? If a man won't work, he won't eat. <laughs> you teach that to our kids. <laughs> ain't lying. You, look, you ain't paying the mortgage up in here. Hey, man, I did something to my glasses. Right here. Oh. <laughs> I want my expectation for my eyes to be curved right here. <laughs> okay, so, so is that making sense right there? Wait with expectancy. It's three. It's, it's quick. Watch with expectancy. You got to wait and you got to watch. See, one thing that I shared with you in the scriptures they were watching Jesus go up, but the angel said, but have an expectation to watch for him to come back. Can I give you some word on it? Okay, thank you. I think I will. Let me give you something. Let me give you this. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day of his return, of his return, waiting for him, waiting for him and watching for him to return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious return. So Jesus is saying, I'm coming back. Are you, are you, are you expecting me to? I, 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 when? I don't know. I know I've been hearing for years he's coming soon. But I had the misdefinition of the word soon. I thought soon was like tomorrow. You know what soon is? As soon as God says so. <laughs> I had to figure that one out. It took me a long time. You just learned it in two seconds. I learned as soon as, as soon as God says so. As soon as he says so, he'll be back. But he says, occupy until I come. Occupy don't mean just sitting back waiting. Occupy means you go and conquer, take control, take the kingdom authority that I gave my children to go out and conquer and control just like I did. Wait for it. Watch for it. Is this making sense at all? All right, here, here, here. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So if you get any prophet, and let me, let me, let me say this, any false prophet, that gets up and proclaims when Jesus is coming, he's a false prophet. And the reason I can say that with, without being ashamed is because Jesus himself said he didn't know when he was coming. He said, my father will tell me. And if you think you know something that Jesus don't know, you are really fooling yourself. 
And, and actually, to follow that kind of foolishness just lets me know you're not reading the word for yourself. He said, watch with expectancy because you do not know, which means we need to help people find the Lord. Since we don't know, he can come tonight. Now, there's a scripture that says he's going to come like a thief, but you do realize that's not for the saints. Okay, let me, let me straighten up some bad doctrine. Good Lord, y'all looking at me now. He said he's going to come like a thief in the night. Well, of course he's going to come like a thief in the night because people who are not Christians are not looking for him. He just told us to expect his coming. Well, how is he going to come like a thief in the night if I'm expecting him to come? He's Santa Claus. He's going to pop up in the, in the, in the uh, <laughs> he's just going to pop down the chimney. Put your clothes on. <gasps> Jesus. <laughs> so wait with expectancy. Watch with expectancy and work with expectancy. See, check this out. Write this down. Acts of kindness, love, and compassion are not substitutes for our salvation in Christ, but rather verification of our faith in Jesus Christ. We still got to do the work. Just because we say we love people don't mean we do. See, see, there, the, your actions will show how much you love a person. I can tell my wife all day long that I love her, but if I'm, if, but if, if I'm verbally abusing her, and, and physically abusing her, that ain't no love. It's your words, what people are looking for, your actions behind those words. Don't just say you love people. Don't, don't even try to say that you love the homosexual community and there's no action behind it. If you're not really prayed for them, and, and have you ever wept for them? Then you ain't, you ain't serious. Have you ever wept for, for, for sinners? Then you're not serious. When we get to the point to where it moves our hearts, that's when we're serious. Because if it moves our hearts, it's going to change our actions. Amen? So that's why the Bible says we still have to work. We, we say, it, it says work out our salvation. It didn't say work for it. You don't have to work for it. Jesus already paid the price. Amen? I love this quote by uh, Mahatma Gandhi. He said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. But if you don't have an expectation that God can use you to change the world, you're not going to do it. But when I look out to you and I see everyone is in this church, this is what I see. I see nations. See, I don't have to go to Africa, South America, China. It doesn't matter. I don't have to go there if a lot of you are going to go. I got Africans in my community when all you have to do is go right down the street. But yet you want to fly to Africa when you got Africans right down the street. And all you got to do is knock on the door and say, hello, how you doing? I'm John. I never came down to introduce myself, and I'm so sorry, but I just wanted to let you know I'm right down the street. You ever need anything, I'm right down the street. Don't use your little Christian stuff. Just be a light. Be kind to people. They will know you're a Christian. That's all you have to do is just be kind to people. Listen. Your expectation is a powerful thing. But to get there, you're going to have to start changing some things. Sometimes you got to wait, but you need to watch for it and work for it. Amen? Amen. I got one last thing I want to share. Now, this spirit of prophecy was, was, was shared last week. For those who are members of our church, we send this out every week. This was a prophetic word. How many of you got this, saw this, right? And you, you text me on it. Before you can begin the next leg of your journey, allow expectation to be a motivating force as you position yourself to progress. Establish and maintain purity, says the Lord. 
resolutely seek the moral and spiritual high ground. That's a word of the Lord to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Not, not, no, most people ain't going to get it, but that's all right. I'm not expecting everybody to get it. If I can just get two people to get it, then I'm good. The one thing I do know, I got it. <laughs> and I'm raising my level of expectation. Now listen, when you see me out there, don't get mad. But my whole mentality is on a whole different level now. Because God is opening up my eyesight to see greater things spiritually that's about to take place in the church. And I'm excited about it. He's setting us up to do great things. But we can't do great things without going through the dirt. And that's what we're going through right now. We've got to go through this, this season. This is the season we're going through. You know what he's doing? He's trying to see who's going to stand up for righteousness. This goes way beyond political parties. You better get on the right side. I'm telling you right now. You better be on the right side of God. Now, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about God. Be on the right side of what's right. <laughs> there ain't no question about what's right. And if you read this Bible, it becomes clear what's right. Because it doesn't matter what I feel about anything. It matters what did God say. And this is what I stand on. It's the solid rock of Christ. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.